How do you define a successful life? If your answer can be summarized as earthly excellence and sacred significance, you're at the right place. Join host Stephanie Smith as she shares three keys unlocking a life of lasting purpose. Learn yourself, love God, and live connected. You'll become smarter about yourself, skilled in human dynamics, savvy about the Christian faith, and strengthened to pass this wisdom on to upcoming generations. And now let's get started. Welcome back. If you are joining us for the very first time, welcome. I am so delighted that you are here. When this episode airs, it will be in early 2023. And the focus this year for the Life's Key 3 podcast is a strategic study through significant parts of the Bible. We're not going to cover all of it, but we're going to cover significant enough passages that we can really dive in. And we're going to look at how do we discover truths and then apply them in our lives in three key areas. Learn yourself, love God, and live connected. Because really, all of life falls into one or more of those categories. Got an issue with a coworker? Maybe they need to learn themselves and have some self-awareness. How do you live connected with someone who doesn't have very much self-awareness? Maybe it's about moving from knowing about God to loving him. What does that look like? And learning ourselves is a never-ending process because who we are at 10 is different than who we are at 30 and different than who we are at 70. And learning ourselves is a constant commitment Because really, that's where humility begins. It's when we are willing to be honest about who we are as people. Sometimes I would much rather that those three key principles were defend yourself, love your God and live connected, or love yourself, learn God and live connected. But it doesn't work that way. And only to the degree Well, we love God when we have an awareness of how much we need him. And that means we've got to pay attention to who we are as people. And the way that we are successful in every one of those key areas is we've got to know truth. And if you listen to the Core Compass of Truth four-part series that we've done earlier in the podcast, you know that I proposed truth comes from four places. It comes from common sense, which is God's universal grace to humanity. It comes through creation. It comes through other people, not just only Christians. And lastly, it comes from scripture. And scripture or the Holy Bible is our North Star. And if any of those other directions contradict what's in the Bible, they're wrong. So this year, we are strategically focusing on walking through parts of the Bible so that you can live your life aligned with what is true, because it is only to the degree that we live aligned with truth that we will be able to fulfill our complete potential. So this year, On the podcast, we're walking through a particular passage every week, and then between episodes, if you are a Highlights subscriber, you're going to have a reading plan for some other passages with some additional insights as well as discussion questions for your family. And while that's very much geared for parents, if you're not a parent, there's still a lot here for you, and even in the Highlights newsletter. 
So if you're not already a subscriber, hop over to stephaniepresents.com. You can find the link in the show notes and subscribe. Okay, let's move on with today's passage. We're picking up with chapter nine in 1 Samuel. This book has plot lines that are better than any novel or Hollywood movie. It's got pretty much all of human drama covered in this book. Maybe not 100%, but a lot of it. When we pick up in chapter nine, Samuel, whose story we've covered in the first eight chapters, is now a grown adult. And he is recognized as a prophet and a judge over the nation of Israel. Up until this point, from the time that the Israelites had entered into the land of Canaan, they had been ruled either by one leader such as Joshua, or they had been ruled by judges and prophets. These were the people that they looked to for religious, moral, ethical direction and guidance. So Samuel's now an adult, and he's off doing the business of being a prophet and a judge. And this is where we meet Saul. Yes, Saul, the very first king of Israel, who has no clue in chapter 9 that he's ever going to be king. If you ever wonder about God's providential timing, you got to read this chapter. I don't believe that every single thing that happens to us is because God acts as a master puppeteer and just makes sure everything in our life happens in the exact day and second because he's written it up in some prescription somewhere. Nothing catches him off guard. But I don't think every time I pull into the parking lot, that I get a certain parking space because God made sure that the person ahead of me checked out with their three bags of groceries and got through the checkout line that was the fastest in the store so they could get out and unload and drive off just in time for me to pull into that space. But I do believe there are times God divinely shows up and orchestrates events to accomplish a specific plan. I've had the good fortune of growing up in a Christian home and in Christian churches, and I cannot tell you how many times I have heard sermons and discussions and conversations and read books and listened to radio programs or podcasts that have talked about how do you know and find God's will. And I have seen this often cause more distraction in a person's life than direction. And the reason is because sometimes we get so focused on thinking that God's will is for us to spy the tiny little nugget of gold at the base of the river that we just miss seeing the beautiful river that's right there in front of us. God's will, it seems to me, normally gets accomplished when we just go about life using the common sense he's given us inviting counsel from other people, living in alignment with creation, seeking scripture for principles of wisdom. And then when there is something specific, an event or a person that we need to encounter, God will show up in those situations and make that happen. 
And we might be better off instead of spending so much time sitting around lamenting that we just don't know what to do because we don't know God's will or plowing on ahead because we've determined this is God's will, even though people around us are waving all kinds of of red or yellow caution or stop flags. Maybe we'd just be better to just kind of get on with life and expect that God will show up if a divine intervention is needed. And that's what happens here in 1 Samuel chapter 9. So Saul comes from a wealthy family. We know this because we're explicitly told this at the beginning of chapter 9. His father is Kish. And Saul is not only wealthy, but he is tall and he is handsome. We might be able to conclude that he was probably also dark. So yeah, Saul fits the category for tall, dark, handsome, and wealthy. And Saul's out on a mission. There are some donkeys that have gone AWOL. They are missing. And so his dad says to him, Saul, I want you to take one of the other young men and I want you to go find the donkeys. Now, I don't know why Saul gets sent out on this mission. Was Kish concerned that someone who wasn't family wouldn't take the job as seriously and wouldn't really put their heart into it? Did he just need a break from Saul? We don't know. At least not from a human perspective, we don't know. But we will see that this was a time where God, through whatever way, had divinely used the missing donkeys to get Saul to a particular person and a particular place. Well, Saul obeys. He gets somebody else to go with him, and they go traipsing off in search of these missing donkeys. And they go through quite the distance in search of them. As a matter of fact, this is a three-day excursion. Now, I don't know if you have any experience with animals, but I have some. I grew up on a farm. And let me just tell you, hiking around through the countryside or if they were on horses or they were on other donkeys or whatever their mode of transportation was, finding these lost donkeys was going to be a challenge. It's not like they just would have stood out in the middle of the road and waited for somebody to come and find them. Probability of this being a successful mission actually could have been kind of low. But sometimes we set out to complete one mission that's not terribly inspiring to us. And it might even have a very low rate of success, but God's going to use it for an entirely different purpose. I can look back in my life and I can see jobs that I had that never turned into a long-term professional career path, but that taught me skills that I use to this day in entirely unrelated spheres or people that I met in the process of doing that menial work that led to opportunities I never would have imagined. So after three days, they reach the place where Saul is like, okay, I'm done. The donkeys are gone. We're just going to have to go home. We're going to give up. And the servant who's with him says, oh, wait, wait just a minute. Before we give up, there's a man of God in this city And maybe he can tell us where the donkeys are. Isn't it fascinating? The servant is the one who says to Saul, hey, let's go see about talking to God about this. Because that's what going to Samuel was. It was going to someone 
who heard from God and could give them direction. Don't just look at people who are in places of authority to give you divinely inspired words of counsel. Maybe your friend, maybe your coworker, maybe your kid, maybe an in-law, maybe a stranger sitting next to you in the waiting room at the hospital is going to say something to you that is going to help to get you where God wants you to go. So this servant who is in a lower position than Saul says, hey, let's go talk to the man of God. And so they do that. And it's just fascinating in this chapter how that happens because they don't just like pop around the corner and then like, oh, whoosh, what do you know? There's Samuel. No, actually what they end up with is they go up to the, they're going up to the city and there are these women that are coming out to draw water. And they ask the women, hey, is the prophet here? And the women are like, oh, yeah, what? Do you, yes, he's just right up there. And they give directions and they tell him about the timing. And so as Saul and his servant are on their way, God confirms to them that they are headed in the right direction. That's also kind of important to clue into. When we're headed in a direction that is truly God-ordained, we need to pay attention to whether there are people in our lives who show up who have no personal stake in what's going on and give us affirmation that we're headed in the right direction. These women are just going about their daily business. They're just going out to get water. They're doing household chores. They have no personal stake in whether Saul encounters Samuel or not. So they don't have any reason to either give him affirmation or to misdirect him from any kind of personal what's in it for me perspective. So when you're headed in a direction that you think God has pointed you to, weigh the motives of people who are either giving you affirmation or they are trying to direct you in a different way. What's in it for them? So Saul and his servant have the affirmation now that, yes, they're going in the right direction. So they go on up to the city and they encounter Samuel. Now, it's fascinating because the day prior... God had shown up in Samuel's life and said, hey, by the way, I just want you to know this, Samuel. Tomorrow, about this time, so he is specific about the day, and he is specific about the time, and he is specific about the place, and he is specific about the person. He says, there's going to be a young man, he's going to be from the tribe of Benjamin, and he's going to show up, and he's going to be anointed prince over my people, and he's going to be the one who delivers this nation of Israel from the Philistines, which was one of their worst mortal enemies. So God's already clued Samuel in, hey, be on the lookout for a person I'm going to send your way. You know, we can pray and say, God, help us to be attentive to your voice so that we can be on the lookout for people that you are going to send our way because there is a divine appointment and a way that we are supposed to speak into their lives to further their calling. 
Saul shows up along with his servant. They encounter Samuel. They sit down. They have this meal. Saul is put in this place of honor and he has no idea why. Okay, this would be kind of like you decide you're going to run to the grocery store because you're out of eggs and then you encounter someone and the next thing you know, you're having dinner with the governor. Your head would probably be spinning a little bit. And that's what happens with Saul. So the next day they get up, they're on their way and Samuel comes to the end and he says, okay, Saul, I want you to send your servant on ahead because I've got something that I want to tell you privately. This very same servant who had been the driving force for why they ended up going to the city where Samuel was to begin with, all of a sudden now he's to be sent on ahead. Samuel doesn't say, hey, servant, you you come on over. You've been integral on this. Okay, you, you need to be a part of what's going on here. No, sometimes there are people that God places in our path to get us to a certain place, but his intention is not that they remain alongside of us forever. Sometimes God says, okay, your mission's completed. You need to move on down the road. And we don't disdain those people. We don't look down on them. And if we are that person, we don't go, uh, uh, but God, I'm supposed to be a part of this person's journey because, hey, I helped to get them to you to begin with. I helped to get them to a place where they were going to step into your calling. What, what do you mean send me on down the path? But we need to be willing, whether we're the person sent down the path, or we're the person who has someone else in our life that God is sending on down their own path ahead of us, that we be willing to just stay focused on what God is speaking to us, to stay faithful with our calling and not get all upset because we don't get invited into somebody else's or we don't get to keep people alongside of us who have previously served as well. So right here in this one chapter, we see God is able to use the most ordinary events to get us to a certain place. He is able to use people to speak into our lives, even if it's just once, to move us forward. He provides affirmation in the most ordinary kind of event and people as we are moving to the place of our calling. He can give us a heads up about somebody he's sending our way. And lastly, there are times we need to be willing to be sent on down the road or we need to be willing to let God send somebody else who has accompanied us to a certain point in our life on down the road because they're no longer needed right alongside of us. Isn't it fascinating that just in one chapter of the Bible, there's so much richness there and so many things that we can apply in our own lives? I love this. Next week, we're going to pick up with another chapter in 1 Samuel. In the meantime, if you don't want to skip over chapter 9, and the next chapter that we're going to pick up with, which won't be chapter 10, then subscribe to Highlights at stephaniepresents.com and you're going to get some reading chapters and then you're going to get some discussion questions for your family and some additional insights. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you share this podcast with one other person? 
whether it's by email or text or in person and say, hey, you know what, have you checked out this podcast? I think it's something that you might enjoy. And it's a great way to have a strategic way to mentor your family in Bible study in 2023. Remember, my friend, you have an impact that is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for listening. For information on speaking engagements and other resources, visit the website at stephaniepresents.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.